Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. was um, in the Navy, I think it was, 
um, he helped save like a whole ship that was sinking of men. And if he had not, so you see how that chain happens there if George had not been there to save his brother. Uh, someone would have died because George, when he was younger, was helping at a pharmacy, and the pharmacist who was really upset because uh, he had lost one of his uh, children um, in the war was upset, and he misfilled a prescription, and this prescription was about to go out, and it would have it would have killed the person it was intended for, and George stopped that. An entire neighborhood of homes and and families that were living in those homes and moved into those into this neighborhood where they wouldn't have been able to own homes otherwise. This entire neighborhood, this entire community wouldn't have existed if George had not been there with his savings and loan to make that possible. Um, I find it interesting that in the clip where George says, I think everyone would have been better off without me, my wife and my kids, and I don't think he stopped to realize there wouldn't have been kids if he hadn't have existed. So there's his family. And even his Uncle Billy, who he's in, you know, working with, he would have ended up just completely having a nervous breakdown and not being well and having to, to go off for that. So after showing in the movie, after Clarence shows George all of these what-ifs, what if? Okay, so here's what it would have looked like if you happened to have been here, George. This is what it would have looked like. All of these what-ifs. Clarence says this. He says, strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. When he isn't around, he leaves an awful hole, doesn't he? George, after seeing his, his town and his loved ones without him, so he's given kind of the, maybe the reversal of, of like a Christmas carol, you know? He's given the, this is how bad it would be if you hadn't been here. He's actually completely transformed, and he realized that he had a purpose, and he had, there, there was a place for him, and he had a purpose in his life, and that, that things were, were better because he got to be a part of it. Not that he was in charge of it all, but he was part of it. He has this purposeful perspective. I want you to watch this, this other clip with me. Let's see how he reacts to his night of seeing what his life would be. Yeah, we could have listened to the rest of the song, but I think you know the words. Um, now listen, I could have shown so many more clips and, and pointed out so much. One, most of you have seen this at some point. You know where it's going. But I want to ask, for the, especially for those of us that, that know the movie, I mean, I really should be two bookends at all. Would it be fair to say that George Bailey realized that his life, after all, did have worth? Would y'all, those of you, I mean, it'd be fair to to for the to say that George realized this after this experience on this this crazy Christmas Eve. Now, here's the question I want to pose to you this morning, as I so like to pose questions to you. What if Jesus had never been born? Now, that sounds like a simple question to ask, but as I have been contemplating this question for the last week and a half. The, the thoughts don't, it doesn't, the train doesn't stop. If Jesus had never been born, what, we're not here today. I mean, if Jesus, what if Jesus had never been born? Because remember, there was one who tried to make that, well, he, he couldn't stop the baby being born, but he sure was trying to stop that the baby didn't grow up. King Herod. What if Jesus had never been born? I mean, think about this for, for a few moments with me, if you would. His story, the story of this boy, Jesus, this baby, really, if you think about it, should at best just be a footnote in history. 
I mean, if you think about it, he was he was born in a in a small town. He um, to a young woman with a very questionable story. Okay, that's not usually the makings of of greatness, right? He he grew up in an even smaller town than the one he was born in, where he worked as a carpenter. Not not a well known carpenter, not like a famous carpenter, just a carpenter. Until he was thirty. He never went to college, he, he never had a family, he never owned a home, he never wrote a book, he never ha held you know, public office, he wasn't mayor of Nazareth or anything like that. He never went to a big city, he had never been to a big city until he went to Jerusalem in his 33rd year. He never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born, think about that. There's nothing about this guy that is great. There's nothing about him that is special just on that. He, he never did anything that what you and I would consider to be great. He didn't play football. He wasn't good looking. He didn't have Instagram, Snapchat. He didn't, you know, post his sermons on YouTube. Nobody knew. I mean, he, there was nothing about him that was great. And yet, today, or it already happened because they're ahead of us on the clock, but think about this. Today, some 2017 years later, almost 90 million people will celebrate the birth of Jesus this Christmas in China, a communist country that says there's no God. There are more Christians in China this year than there are communists in China. Who is this man? And what if he had never been born? I mean, think about that. If, if he had never, if Jesus had never been born, thousands and thousands of songs would have never been written. Books, poems, sculptures, paintings just never would have been created. And you might think, oh, okay, well, we can take it or leave it. If Jesus had never been born, if he had never lived, then think about this. Colleges. You know when colleges first started way back when, hundreds and hundreds of years ago? They were, they were Christian places. They were there to train people. So colleges and hospitals and orphanages and all of these institutions, all of these organizations that go in the name of Jesus, missionaries that have gone to places in the world that, that we will never go, would never have happened if Jesus had never been born. If Jesus had never lived, and here's the real question, what would your life be like? Now, in my notes, I wrote mine, and then, you know, dot, 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 you know, ellipsis there. And I'll confess to you that as I put that in my notes and I've been thinking about that and going over. I haven't added to I have not added to it since I wrote mine. Thinking, how would my life be different if Jesus had not been born? And here's the best I got. All I could do was weep. I would just sit there. I can't the several times just staring at my iPad, working on this message contemplating how my life would be different without Jesus. How would your life 
be different without Jesus? What would our world look like? What would our families, would we have families? Would we love our children the way we do? Would we, would we feel that, 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 that parental thing? Is it just biologic or is there something about it that says that we're supposed to pour into our children and love them and guide them and teach them that there is one greater, that there is something more? Would, would we just be always lost in, in, in regret if there was no Jesus? Would we always just be allowing the past to just come in and, and smother us? Torture us? Without Jesus? Oh, I don't mean to bum you out this Christmas Eve. But think about that. What would your life be like if Jesus had never been born? This is what Matthew 1 says. And I encourage you to go and read the entire chapter later. It gives us the big picture. But it's a verse that's very well known. It's actually a verse we looked at four weeks ago at the beginning of the series. And it says this in Matthew 1, beginning in verse 20. See, before, this is before Jesus. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. See, God wanted to come. He wanted to be in our lives. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him, what we just sang, Emmanuel, God with us. Which means God with us. There is, there is no more, you talk about a wonderful life. There is no more wonderful life than the life of Jesus. Because that wonderful life changes lives. And changes lives and changes lives. And it continues on and on and on. Jesus' life, it's, it's a wonderful life. I mean, you think about this. Because he is full of compassion. He is full of concern. He welcomed the stranger. He embraced the poor. He cared for the sick. He provided for the needy. He welcomed the outsider and the excluded and the marginalized. And he came for you and for me. That's a wonderful life. Jesus' life was a wonderful life because he, he lived it for you and he gave it up for you. When, when in his death he offered his life as a sacrifice, we're going to participate in the sacrament of communion in just a few moments. And it might seem strange that on Christmas Eve we're celebrating the birth of Jesus and yet we're talking about the death and resurrection of Jesus, but the story is beautiful because they go together. It's wonderful because he gave his life as a sacrifice. So this Christmas, it's this time when, when you know, for a lot of people, and, and I'm, I'll admit I'm, I'm susceptible to this. 
Christmas can be a little melancholy sometimes, right? It's like there's the nostalgia, and then something else can creep in. Maybe regret or grief. Maybe some, some you know, unresolved conflict that's there. And it can hang over us, and it can overshadow our joy. When we can consider the consequences of our lives, because maybe we've lived as if Jesus was never born. That his life has no meaning in our lives. That his life has no power to change us. We can do all this. What's beautiful about Christmas is we get this glimpse, this miraculous glimpse into how holy and perfect God is. And he desires to be in relationship with us. So this Christmas I would say to you, kind of how Clarence did with George. See, Clarence came to give George a new perspective. What I would like to offer you today is this, that Jesus saying to you, oh, I'm, I've come to take all that off of you. I've come to take all of that what weighs on you, what's over you, what's burdening you, what's on you. And there's a reason. Because like, like George, today, folks, today, if you haven't contemplated it ever, or if you haven't contemplated it in a really long time, I would like you to contemplate this today. Today, your soul can feel its worth. Jesus. Anybody can tell you you're not worth anything. You can look in the mirror and say, I'm no good. You can be like George Bailey and stand on the bridge and say, I'm going. My life doesn't matter. But Jesus says, oh, your soul, my beloved, has worth. It has worth. And so the wonderful life that Jesus lived for you is a life that he now offers to us again. We're reminded of this. This is the beauty of the seasons in the church. That we celebrate these moments. The birth of Jesus. Coming in to change our lives. As we turn to the communion table this morning, I would just like to say, especially to those of you that, that aren't here a lot, or maybe have not participated in communion here with us before, I want to go ahead and ease your mind and say we don't have a membership rule here. This table is open to every single one of you. We say in our liturgy, that, that this communion table is open to all who earnestly repent of their sin and desire to be in relationship with God. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to remind you of the, the worth of your soul. The worth of your soul. He paid the price, the great price, for the worth of your soul. And so on this Christmas day, as I said, it might seem strange, the birth and yet the death, but the beauty is the resurrection. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. 
We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldasa.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends. Thank you.